Hey everyone, welcome back to Eating God's Way. Man, the last episode was in March. Um, yikes, that was a long time ago. Uh, it's just been a new season for me and my family. Lots of life adjustments. Um, it's just a little bit different going back to work with two kids and trying to refigure out life. So also on top of that with work, um, it's been the end of the year. And then with summer, getting things ready in the beginning of the year, it's just a really busy time for school nutrition. Um, I think a lot of people underestimate the amount of work that goes into planning to feed thousands of children two meals a day, Monday through Friday for 10 months. So uh, it's like menu planning on steroids. Uh, so just a quick recap, episode one, um, of Eating God's Way was about the foundations of Eating God's Way and where it comes from. So if you haven't listened to that yet, I highly recommend going back and listening to that one first um, because it's really a foundation. It's the cornerstone of my podcast. And then episode two is about dieting. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about dieting today uh, because... Um, the last thing I want to hear is about somebody going on a diet. So I really want to nail dieting on the head again in this episode. Um, it's kind of ironic that a registered dietitian um, does not encourage dieting. Um, this is actually like telling your dentist you don't brush your teeth. So, uh, you know, if you don't plan to eat um, this way, and this way would be some sort of diet for the rest of your life, then you should probably rethink this diet. Also, reach out to me or another registered dietitian for help. Um, you know, you go to your mechanic to fix your car. You go to a surgeon for surgery. So you should definitely talk to a registered dietitian for proper nutrition. And even better, I have a podcast called Eating God's Way because our creator tells us in scripture how to eat. And just like him, the way he tells us to eat is, is the perfect diet. So keep listening to um, this podcast to learn more. So for this episode, um, like I just mentioned, I've been hearing a, a lot of people on diets, but I've also heard about a lot of people that have been diagnosed recently with prediabetes and diabetes. Um, so I have an awesome article written by a fellow registered dietitian that I want to share and discuss. And also I'm going to include scripture because no surprise there, God is backing up or science backs up what scripture is already telling us. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for scripture, God, that you have given us this book that tells us everything we need to know about living life. And if we could just apply those things to our lives, it would be so much easier. Life would be so much easier. And then uh, specifically when it comes to eating, God, we wouldn't have all these problems that we have now. Um, so God, please help us to put eating God's way first, um, make it a priority, and help us to ignore well first recognize what the world is telling us about how to eat and then just ignore it and say no i'm not going to do this i'm going to eat god's way instead god help me to speak the right things today and i lift this up in your name amen so let me get to this article and if you hear my kids in the background is because they are here with me and i hope they sound beautiful to you <laughs> All right, here we go. The article. The title is The Number One Habit You Should Break for Better Blood Sugar Balance According to a Dietitian. If you're skimping on this nutrient, like many men and women are, it could be messing with your blood sugar levels. 
Your blood sugar levels hinge on the habits you adhere to on a regular basis. For instance, when you exercise regularly, eat meals that contain a good mix of protein and healthy fat, stay hydrated, manage your stress levels, and get quality sleep, you should experience balanced blood sugar levels. However, when you sit for most of the day, skip breakfast, that's a big one, and frequently eat processed foods high in saturated fat, refined carbohydrates, and added sugar, you may see your blood sugar levels rise. But there is one habit that many people living with diabetes and prediabetes may not realize they're doing. One that, instead of helping them with their condition, is actually hindering their ability to control their blood sugar levels. So, what is that number one habit you should break for better blood sugar balance? Are you ready for the answer? It's eating too few fiber-rich carbohydrates. Why does this matter? Because the fiber in healthy carbs like whole grains, beans, fruits, and veggies helps balance your blood sugar levels by slowing the absorption and release of sugar or glucose into your bloodstream. And most Americans aren't getting nearly enough of this nutrient. In fact, the Departments of Agriculture and Health and Human Services report that more than 90% of women and 97% of men do not consume the recommended 25 to 38 grams of fiber per day. And I'm going to add a little caveat there. A lot of people resort to a fiber supplement to ensure that they're getting enough fiber, which is really like harmless. But I just want to point out that if you are taking a fiber supplement to make sure you are getting enough fiber and you're using that fiber supplement to replace fruits and vegetables in your diet, you really aren't doing yourself any good because fruits and vegetables are full of other nutrients other than fiber. So what we do eat a lot of are overly processed carbs that have been stripped of their fiber, which can lead to elevated blood sugar levels and even food cravings. As a result, there's a common misconception that most, if not all, carbohydrates are bad. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, a low-carbohydrate diet is one of the most common types of diet followed by U.S. adults, and low-carb diets have doubled in popularity in recent years compared to a decade prior. Low-carb diets often cut out certain fruits, vegetables, beans, and whole grains that are excellent sources of dietary fiber in an attempt to control their blood sugar. So yeah, another caveat there. Um, you know, I said just a little bit ago that I'm hearing a lot about people, um, you know, having diabetes and prediabetes and the dieting thing, going on a low-carb diet. I hear this all the time. So this is um, the reason why I'm recording this podcast, because I want to talk about it, because I think that it'll relate, relate to many of my listeners. So continuing with the article, and that's not the smartest move. Here's the deal. There are three different types of carbs found in food, sugar, starch, and fiber and they each have varying effects on blood sugar levels. Each of these carbs can be classified as simple or complex, depending on their structure and how quickly they are absorbed into the bloodstream. Simple carbs found in sweeteners like table sugar and juices are made up of one or two sugar molecules that can be easily broken down, utilized as an immediate source of energy, and cause a rapid rise in blood sugar levels. 
On the other hand, certain types of starch, like slowly digestible starch and resistant starch found in vegetables, legumes, and whole grains, are complex carbohydrates with long chains of sugar molecules that take longer to digest, which means they cause blood sugar levels to rise more slowly. While simple, simple carbs and starch both break down into sugar molecules, fiber is a unique complex carbohydrate found in plant foods that cannot be digested, and it plays a pivotal role in slowing down the absorption of sugar and subsequently preventing blood sugar spikes, making it an important carbohydrate for blood sugar control. So how, meeting, how eating more fiber can help you balance your blood sugar levels. When you're looking to achieve better blood sugar, it's easy to focus on the quantity over the quality of carbs you consume. But research has shown that gradual improvements in fiber intake can help you strike that balance. Uh, they say gradual because you don't want to all of a sudden consume a whole bunch of fiber because it might not uh, sit too well with your belly. So definitely um, take a gradual approach to increasing your fiber. There are two types of fiber that aid in blood sugar control, soluble and insoluble. Just as the name implies, soluble fiber combines with water in the gut to form a gel-like substance that can slow down the absorption of glucose, which helps prevent blood sugar surges and lowers the risk of type 2 diabetes. Soluble fiber also binds to cholesterol in the intestines and removes it from the body through your stool. This process may reduce cholesterol levels and prevent diabetes, diabetes complications like heart disease. Um, so another note I want to make there that if you are also having trouble with your cholesterol, um, consuming more fruits and vegetables is going to fix the problem. And when I say more, like really, really focused on consuming those uh, plant-based plant foods and, you know, increasing them significantly in your diet, of course, gradually, because there's going to be more fiber. You don't want to upset your tummy. Some examples of carbohydrates that contain soluble fiber include apples, berries, oats, beans, peas, and avocados. Then there's insoluble fiber, a type that doesn't dissolve in water and remains intact as it travels through your intestines. A 2018 study published um, in the Journal of Nutrition found that diets high in insoluble fiber, mainly from whole grain sources, may improve insulin resistance and reduce your risk of developing type 2 diabetes. In addition, a 2020 study showed that a daily dietary fiber intake of 35 grams may result in reduced A1C, a measure of your average blood sugar levels over a three-month period, as well as fasting blood sugar levels and insulin resistance compared to low-fiber diets of only 15 grams per day. So here we see that um, a diet that contains lots of fiber will not only prevent the development of type 2 diabetes, but if it ever does develop, it can actually improve or even cure um, type 2 diabetes by lowering your A1C. Therefore, it is recommended that men and women slowly increase their daily fiber intake to 25 to 38 grams as called for by the Dietary Guidelines for Americans. So, um, one thing I would recommend is using a um, bowl pen and paper or use something like MyFitnessPal, um, which is a free um, resource that can track some of your nutrients, and one of those is fiber. Um, so, you know, do one day like a normal day um, of what you usually eat and see how much fiber you're consuming, and that will tell you if you're consuming enough. And then from there, you'll know if you need to increase your fruit and vegetable and grain consumption. How to eat more fiber every day. 
Now that you know fiber-rich carbohydrates are an important part of the blood sugar family diet, here are several tips you can use to add more of them to your meals and snacks. Choose whole grains. Swap highly processed refined grains for their whole grain counterparts. Think oats, buckwheat, uh, amarantha, I'm really bad at saying these by the way, spelt, quinoa, and brown rice. <laughs> You'll reap their blood sugar stabilizing benefits. Check the nutrition facts label. Listed directly under the total carbohydrates heading, you will find the amount of dietary fiber in grams per serving. So this is where you can take pen and paper and track how much fiber you're consuming in a day by looking at the nutrition facts label. According to the American Diabetes Association, a food item that contains 5 grams of fiber per serving is considered an excellent source, and those with at least 2.5 grams are often labeled as a good source or of dietary fiber. So try to reach for foods that contain about 3 grams of three grams of fiber per serving or more. Snack on nuts and seeds. From almonds and pistachios to peanuts, pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, and flax seeds, these foods make a perfect fiber-packed snack to grab on the go. They also contain two other blood sugar stabilizing nutrients, protein and fat. It's important to pair your carbohydrates with a little protein and fat because similar to fiber, these nutrients prevent blood sugar spikes by delaying the absorption of sugar into the bloodstream. So a really great snack is to have some fruit and pair it with some sort of nut. Um, one of the things I really like to eat is a banana with some peanut butter. Um, that's a great snack and you're going to slow the absorption of um, glucose in your body from that banana because you've got some fiber from the banana, but you've also got fiber and protein and fat from the peanut butter. So leave the skin on fruits and vegetables. Fun fact, more than 30% of the fiber in fruits and vegetables is found in the skin. So before you grab your veggie peeler, consider keeping the nutrient-rich nutrient -rich skin or peel intact. Include beans and legumes. Filled with fiber and protein, beans and legumes are excellent additions to a balanced diet. Consider topping your salads with beans or making a curry with lentils. Or toss a cup of white kidney beans in your favorite soup. You can even use garbanzo beans or chickpeas to make a delicious hummus to pair with an assortment of vegetables or whole grain crackers. So the bottom line, rather than avoiding all carbohydrates out of fear they'll jack up your blood sugar levels, focus on consuming fiber-rich carbs, which have been proven to aid in blood sugar control. By including a variety of fiber-packed fruits, vegetables, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, and whole grains in your diet, not only will you balance your blood sugar levels, you'll also reduce your risk of diabetes complications like cardiovascular disease and other conditions such as obesity. Paired with quality protein and healthy fats, fiber may be the missing piece of your overall healthy diet. Alright, so some additional points that I want to discuss that the article I pointed out. So it said in there that according to the CDC, a low-carb diet is one of the most common types of fad diets followed by the um, United States adults. Low-carb diets often cut out fruits, some vegetables, beans, and whole grains, which are excellent sources of fiber in an attempt to control their blood sugar. So I want to add that a low-carb diet limits the fruits and vegetables God tells us to eat. So this would not Going on a diet that's low carb is not eating, you really aren't going to be eating God's way because you're going to be limiting the fruits and grains that you are going to eat and some vegetables like potatoes and sweet potatoes. 
So what does the world tell us about nutrition? Well, unfortunately, the world tells us that carbohydrates such as fruits and grains should be eliminated to lose weight or be healthy, and that we need to spend money on things like keto supplements to lose weight or be healthy. None of this information is in scripture, and actually, it's inaccurate. Science is telling us the opposite, and the opposite is what God already tells us. So the next point I want to mention is that rather than avoiding carbohydrates out of fear, they'll increase your blood sugar. Focus on consuming focus on consuming fiber-rich carbs. So God gave us every tree to eat from except for that one. There's a lot of plant sources that were available to eat when he created Adam and Eve and put them in a garden. So eating a diet full of fruits and vegetables is eating God's way. That's what he originally intended for us before the fall of man. God, he created our bodies to eat this way. He says, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for food. And he says that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. So a diet that restricts, restricts carbs, calories, foods you enjoy, etc. is not eating God's way. Instead, we should shift our focus from restricting to freely eating more from those trees, those fruits and vegetables. This is eating God's way, and actually it is a more sustainable way to eat for the rest of your life. Because if you think about it, losing versus gaining. It's more sustainable to focus on the more or the gain versus uh, or of the more and the gain of eating more fruits and vegetables, grains, nuts, seeds, and I might add some water, versus restricting to by um, eliminating carbs or something else that you enjoy eating, um, and also focusing on the weight loss. So if you shift your focus to the more, the more of shift your focus to the more and the the gain of something, the gain of good health, then you're going to have improved or cured health issues like diabetes and even a gradual weight loss may happen because if you're eating more fruits and vegetables and you're eating, um, you know, plenty of them, then they're going to be full and those are naturally um, lower in calories. And also, restricting through dieting does more harm than good. God tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, and in chapter 6, verse 19, that our bodies are a temple of God in which the Spirit of God lives in, um, and that God brought, bought us with a price. So we should care for our bodies. And I just want to add some points that the pastor from my church had made in a recent sermon. Um, he, he questioned, is it worth it? 100% of our life will end. So we should focus on what our lives were made for in the first place. We are made to eat from a garden. We are made for heaven and Jesus. This ensures worth and value. Um, don't measure your worth by a scale. Um, a smaller number on the scale is not going to add any value to your health. And in fact, I think that we would all benefit from just actually putting our scale away or taking the batteries out of it. <laughs> um, because weighing yourself every day is not going to make you feel any better. God purchased us so we should take care of our temple, our bodies. Focusing more on how many years we will live um, doesn't add any value to, or worth to our lives. It actually puts us out of balance when we do that. And this imbalance is a sideways energy. It pull, it never pulls us forward. So what do you know? You got to question yourself, like why am I doing this? 
it's sideways energy. So remember to ask yourself if you plan to do this diet for the rest of your life. If you are not going to do this diet for the rest of your life, then and you decide to do it anyways, then it's only going to pull your back pull you backwards in life. It's not going to pull you forward. So that's all I have for today. If you have conditions such as diabetes, food allergies, gastrointestinal related diseases, or even kidney disease and others that need specific nutrition guidance, or you're someone that would like to speak with me personally about the way you eat, you can reach out. I'm more than happy to help you. And I'm also 100% confident that eating God's way can help you manage or even cure whatever condition you have, because that's what God says in scripture. If you have questions or comments, please let me know. I would love your feedback, and your feedback may just put you on uh, the Eating God's Way podcast as a special guest. Check out the bonus clip that I recorded for a Lunch and Learn where I work, and also please share my podcast. And check out the Eating God's Way Facebook page to connect and see extra resources.